Now that we're officially in the run into Christmas, why not think about giving a gift with a story behind it? Alive and Kicking are using football as a force for good and helping to support mental health education across Africa. You can do the same by giving someone a football from aliveandkicking.org forward slash shop. Now the football's come in retro 90s kit designs, so go have a look and give a unique gift that will help make a huge difference to more than just the person who receives it this Christmas. And whilst Oracle and Salesforce are by no means the, the only or the worst offenders in terms of putting these cookies on your system, um, they are the ones that I think are probably most prevalent. So I think they're the ones in terms of volume doing the most damage to the most people. On today's Tech Talks, we are getting more topical than we often are by talking to Rebecca Rumble, the head of research at My Society, and an individual bringing a class action legal suit against Oracle and Salesforce, taking them to court for breach of GDPR in relation to ad tech business. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, today joined by Hayley Welch, where we interview leaders from across the industry and bring you some technology news. Enjoy the show. So on today's show, I'm joined by Hayley. How are you this morning? Very, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. I mean, it stopped raining for the first time, it feels like, in several days. And Although I did go for a walk in the rain yesterday, and that was quite nice. That's quite an odd thing to do. Is it? <laughs> no, I guess it's not. But uh, it's, wouldn't, it's not a preference. Well, you know, I thought, just get out of the house, go for a, go for a quick stroll down and get a coffee. And actually... Yeah, it was raining, but you know when it's not like throwing it down and it was yeah. kind of quite nice in a random way. But yes, no, it was quite Me nice too. getting out this morning, bright sunshine, the leaves are all, I do like autumn. I won't, I won't lie, I like autumn. I genuinely, generally, I don't really mind all times of year, but just like the bit between summer and Christmas, I find sometimes a little bit depressing. And then Christmas oh, yeah. comes late, like, yeah, late January, February. Late January, February is rubbish. I thought so, really bad, yeah. Let's let's make not no <laughs> pull no punches about that. All the lights have come down. It's dark. It doesn't really get light again until end of March, early April. The weather's rubbish. It always seems to fall off a cliff in like February, March and get really cold and really shit. Yeah, <laughs> literally. No Christmas spirit to keep you going. I know, it's just useless. Anyway, uh, it's not that time of year yet, so let's enjoy autumn when the leaves are all very nice and whatever else. Um, you know what will still be going on by the time that we do get around to that time of year? Yes, I do. A class action lawsuit against Oracle and Salesforce. In fact, it'll be going on next autumn, summer, winter, spring for several more years, as we are about to discuss, because our guest today is Rebecca Rumble, who is head of research at My Society. She is bringing a class action legal suit against Oracle and Salesforce. I am going to hand over to the interview and then myself and Hayley will have some commentary on it afterwards. So today I'm joined by Rebecca Rumble. Uh, Rebecca, you are head of research at My Society. You're also a council member, non-exec director of the Advertising Standards Authority. Thank you for taking some time to have a chat to me today. Thank you for having me. How are you? Good, thank you. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but compared to how it's been over the last few days, <laughs> 
the first winter storm and all that. Um, yes, look, thanks for your time. You're here today to predominantly talk about a a legal issue, a court case that um, you are going through at the moment. Before that, do you want to explain what your job is and uh, and talk a little bit about uh, your your role with my society, and then we'll move on to onto the kind of the the meatiest subject for the day. Sure. So, as you said, I'm head of research at My Society, and that's a little organisation that a lot of people will not have heard of. Um, but we are one of the global leaders in the civic technology space. So we try and build tech that, in some way, uh, empowers citizens and and helps them to uh, to communicate with institutions, governments, parliaments, and get things done. Um, I am, as you said, also on the board of the Advertising Standards Authority, regulating advertising in the UK. Um, So I've got quite an interest in good advertising and bad advertising. Uh, And I previously uh, worked at the Information Commissioner's Office many years ago uh, in data protection. So I've got a real interest in uh, data and privacy as well. So do you want to talk us through what it is that uh, you you were predominantly coming on the show to talk to us about because yeah. i think i think if i try and paraphrase it first i'm likely to get this horribly wrong so yes yeah, so uh in addition to my day job um i am also currently uh the lead representative claimant for a very large class action uh type legal suit against oracle and salesforce in the uk um not necessarily household names but anyone that has an interest in tech, I'm sure will know those two names. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They are they're, they're, they're organisations that people will, are likely to have heard of. Big in the tech world, I think. Anyway, so yeah, I, I am taking these uh, two organisations to court um, for breach of GDPR, essentially. Um, and this relates to their ad tech businesses. So even though they are both huge concerns with lots of fingers in lots of different pies, um, we believe that their ad tech um, does not uh, fit under GDPR regulations. I don't believe that they really meet their obligations in terms of consent um, and tracking uh, with their cookies. By these two, what is it about Oracle and Salesforce that has prompted you to take on, frankly, two two large organisations with very deep pockets? So... Advertising cookies, um, as uh, many people know, are pretty pretty pernicious. They they collect an awful lot of data that I'm not, as I say, I'm not convinced that that we consent to to them collecting and then selling on. Um, Oracle and Salesforce went out and deliberately bought uh, this kind of ad tech uh, in the last ten years, um, Blue Kai and Crux. Uh, you know, this was a, a conscious decision to go out and spend millions and millions on um, acquiring these kinds of massive data hoovers. Um, and whilst Oracle and Salesforce are by no means the, the only or the worst offenders in terms of putting these cookies on your system, um, they are the ones that I think are probably most prevalent. So I think they're the ones in terms of volume doing the most damage to the most people. Um, I think in to- in terms of like the top thousand websites in the UK, um, one of these cookies you'll probably um, be getting them from I don't know about thirty or forty percent of those websites. So mm-hmm. it's likely that an awful lot of people are affected. So yeah, they've got very deep pockets. They can 
you know, they, they have the legal ability to respond to this kind of uh, claim and you know they have potentially the ability to to compensate all of us that that feel that we've been taken advantage of. So when you say taken advantage of, let's let's roll this back for a minute because <laughs> I, I think the most of our audience will be familiar with it. But I, I've worked in tech for a long time. I get ad tech. We've had ad tech organisations trying to put power back in people's hands on this podcast over time. When I go onto a website, I probably still click allow cookies uh, without reading policy because. I'm just navigating around the net and I'm trying to get information and I'm trying to get on a particular website or whatever else. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. I, I mean, I know that my data is everywhere. And then if it's everywhere, then what does it matter if it's a little bit everywhere else? Right. And I do the same because, and but that's what, that's what these people want you to do. You know, the, this is designed so that you can very, very quickly just get rid of it and go about your business um, and, and think nothing of it. Um, why isn't it, the other way by default why isn't it opt out by default you know why is everything opted in by default the you know i i I do the same i'm harried i'm in a rush i just want to check something oh god the cookie banner yes 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 um and i don't know if you've ever tried to actually go in and and change your cookie preferences um on some of those things instead of clicking accept or but you then get presented with lists of things that you have no idea what they are um, you know, it might ma- it, it might make sense to an analytics professional, um, but you know, you, you end up having to tick or untick twenty odd different things that don't really make any sense to a normal person anyway. It, you know, you'll end up rage quitting after a while and just going back and accepting all anyway, just because mm-hmm. you just want to. You know, you just want to get the brownie recipe. You just want to read the news. You just want to check if your flight's on time. Um, and yeah, I, I believe that the you know these cookie banners that they're designed this way to to make us just think oh you know forget it fine whatever i i haven't got anything to hide um oh my data's out there anyway but that's not (laughs) that's not a great way to think about it i mean what what would you say to people then that you mentioned there why is it opt why is it opt in why can't it be opt out you know all these organizations likely to do that are they going to turn around and go right here's a really laborious way of going about this that most people go, oh God, yeah, just go back to kind of what you know, what what are you what are you trying to achieve in that regard? So I mean ideally, ad tech would not rely on just indiscriminately hoovering up every single piece of data that they possibly can. This is not this is not a great way to live, you know. The these these data points are used to make a very, very detailed profile. Um, and it's not just held by one place. It's it's being auctioned off to, to put other adverts in front of you. You have no idea where those profiles are going. You have no idea how secure where that data is being held is. Um, you know, data breaches aren't exactly unusual. Um, even if you don't have anything to hide, there's a reason why businesses are spending so much money and spending so much effort trying to get that data out of you. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, <laughs> there is, there, you know, there's a big, bigger consideration there. Um, and what I'm not advocating for is huge cookie, you know, huge banners where you have to endlessly click everything before you get to, you know, the chocolate brownie recipe or whatever that you really want to see. I mean, ideally, what you'd want is more contextual advertising that is related to what you're actually, you know, the page you're actually on, what you're looking at. So if you are looking at a cookie brownie, a brownie recipe, you know, there might be advertising for cookware on that 
page, for instance, you know, harking back to when actually advertising was a lot more interesting. I mean, I remember I, I like good advertising. I This is one of the reasons I enjoy my role at the Advertising Standards Authority. Um, advertising these days is so lazy online because it is it's based on this just hoovering up of all of the data and, you know, the highest bidder just shoving an advert in front of you. Normally, it's something that you've already looked at, but it really wants you to buy it. So mm. you'll get that advert for the next two months until something else latches on. Um, that's I mean, I think that's lazy advertising anyway. And I don't think anyone enjoys that. Um, but yeah, more contextual advertising that's relating to actually what you're looking at online anyway, rather than just random things that are being pushed at you. And what what is your argument then to Oracle and Salesforce? How, where are you at in the process? What 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 pressure are you hoping to put on? What what's the outcome? I suppose that you're hoping to achieve because financially or not, it's not. It's, this isn't about money. You, even if you win this case, as far as I understand, it's not like you're going to get a big pot of money that you can do a huge amount with. And these organizations will still have a lot of money. So it's of course, like- of course. Um, no, I, at the end of this, I will not be walking away with a large check in my pocket. I will basically get the exact same amount as everyone else that's affected. I am, mm-hmm. I am bringing this suit on behalf of everyone in the UK that is affected. Um, and Which you know, argue is anyone who's online. Yeah, it's anyone online who's had one of these cookies put on their browser. I suspect mm-hmm. if you use a Chrome, uh, sorry, Chrome, a Chrome browser, uh, you will probably have at least one of these cookies on your system. Um, and what we're going for is, you know, maybe around five hundred pound per person because these cookies have been hoovering your data up, packaging up that information, and and selling it off to the highest bidder, which I believe is without the consent of, of the people that click clicked accept all um so yeah we you know no one's walking away may having made a lot of money out of this um but between the suit i'm bringing here and a parallel suit that's being brought in the netherlands um who i'm who i'm working very closely with uh combined that is about 10 billion euros um that's the largest case that's ever been brought under gdpr the largest value case uh to date um, and that sends a very prominent message, you know, that that's, yes, Oracle and Salesforce will certainly financially survive uh, having to pay that out if we win. Um, but it sends a very strong message to the whole ad tech industry that actually this will not be tolerated anymore. This this behavior will not just be kind of ignored as, oh, okay, well, it's just the cost of the internet and how it works. You know, hopefully, if the decision goes our way, then the ripples will mean that the ad tech industry actually adopts, you know, less egregious approaches um, to using and processing data. You've got your your education is kind of philosophy and politics, and it's not legal. No. <laughs> and you're taking on, as we've said, large organisations who will have a lot of legal clout to bring to the process. Playing devil's advocate for a minute. Say you lose. Mm-hmm. Problem doesn't go away. So what do you then advise to me, other people listening, to say, well, look, you didn't beat them in court, but here are some steps that you can do to actually protect yourself. Okay. Um, there are many steps you can take. Um, the downside of that is that privacy online is exhausting. Um, it, it takes an awful lot of will and energy 
um, to, to really protect your privacy online. I would say with the cookie situation, you know, do click actually no, you know, go into go into the preferences and say, no, I don't want all of these cookies. Um, clear cookies off your browser periodically. Don't let them sit there forever. Um, but also <laughs> there's a there is a legislative element to this. It's something that I think regulation in the UK has not really caught up to, to where we actually are at the moment. Um, regulation always tends to be years behind innovation. It's it's the nature of things. But, you know, the ICO, I think last year, put out a report on ad tech that recognized that there was probably things going on here that weren't okay, um, but that they didn't have quite the resources uh, to, to look into it with enough kind of granularity at that point. Um, Parliament is, in, is increasingly looking at how data is processed, as it should be. Um, not just for for pure advertising, but the other kind of you know advertising online as well, and how data is processed. So, again, you know, if this is something that concerns people, they should also be doing th- you know really kind of quaint old age things like writing to your MP and saying this is this is a problem. You know, hmm. you, you should be looking at this at a more kind of structural level rather than relying on in, you know individual independent citizens being able to bring these kinds of large suits because whilst that is, you know, this is a good thing. It's one way for me to try and change the, the behavior of these companies. You know, this is, I'm, I'm relying on other people's money to do this. (laughs) So you, you obviously work for the advertising or sorry, no, you advise the advertising standards authority. Um, you're talking there about the legal lag. You're talking there about putting pressure on government. Um, up until a few years ago, well, sorry, over the last few years, rather, we've been talking to Dot Everyone, which was Martha Lane yes. uh, Fox's policy body until it was amalgamated into the Ida Lovelace Institute. Um, and they were advertising for an independent regulator. Is that something that you think we need to continue to lobby for? Is it, is it going to be something like that kind of a body that can hold big tech to account as opposed to individuals or writing to MPs and so on? Because that that realistically is that kind of level of coordinated effort is going to take a, a hell of a lot of um, of, of, of creative uh, organisation, I suppose, to, to get that to actually have an effect, right? Yeah, totally. There definitely needs to be better regulation somewhere, uh, whether that is in the form of a new regulator or whether that is that is in the form of beefing up. Um, the remit of the information commissioner's office. Um, I mean, again, this this is one of the problems. You know, the internet is still a bit of a wild west in terms of regulation and how you chop things up. It was very easy twenty years ago to look at regulation and say, okay, data protection sits over here, um, advertising regulation sits over here, um, election uh, regulation sits over here, but increasingly online they're all interconnected and they all depend on a lot of the same technology um it it needs to be very well thought out i'm not saying that a new regulator is necessarily the right way to go it might actually be making existing regulators a bit more integrated in terms of some of the tech that they're looking at um but certainly yeah we we don't currently have a regulatory framework i think that's appropriate um, for the for just you know the level of data integration in terms mm. of our personal and public lives. 
So how how long is this process going to take? I mean, Christ, if I think of something like Aaron Brockovich and kind of like <laughs> it to, to a class action like that, and it's mountains of paperwork and it takes months and, you know, what, where are you at in the process? How, when are you likely to find out whether or not you're, 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 you're even part, part ways of being successful? Well, we're not so retro as to be using too much paper these days. No, <laughs> we, are, we are saving the rainforest by doing I most of it. It's a great film. <laughs> it is. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's going to take ages. Um, yeah. You know, the mechanisms of, of justice do not go very fast. Um, one thing we are very much waiting on with, you know, waiting very eagerly to hear is the outcome of the Richard Lloyd v. Google case. Um, which I don't know if your listeners are aware, but that is that refers to um, a workaround. Uh, Google basically installed a little backdoor in the Safari browser. Um, I think it was about 2011. Um, so he is actually in the middle of bringing a very similar kind of class action in the UK. Um, there have been a couple of decisions. It's now been batted to the Supreme Court for a final decision on the ability to actually bring a class action because class actions are very, very new in the UK. We haven't really had a history of doing them at all here, like in America. Um, so we're waiting on a decision on a point of law in that case before we can really kind of proceed full steam ahead. Um, so we're at the very beginning here. We are filing officially very, very soon. You know, we've obviously notified Oracle and Salesforce that we're bringing the claim um, but yeah, it's going to be a long process. I'm, I'll be quite happy if we manage to get it to put to bed within three years. Wow. <laughs> the world will look different, I suppose. Yeah, Data well, yeah. and advertising about, may well have moved on. <laughs> think about the way the world's changed in the last six months. Never mind. Uh, yeah, three years. Uh, okay, last last quick question then. Um, look, if, if if someone listening, and obviously we do have a tech audience, so this isn't going to be kind of holding new territory to them. But if if they feel strongly about this, is there any way for someone listening who wants to help? To, to get involved absolutely um please reach out to me i'm on twitter um at rebecca rumble um the privacy collective which is kind of the umbrella brand that i'm working with to to bring the claim in the uk and and with our colleagues in the netherlands um they're on twitter as well we'd love to hear from people we if people want to help or if they've got information or advice or you know they just want to show their support if they can click on the show your support button on the privacy collective website that actually is really useful for us because it enables us to demonstrate to the judge that other people actually believe that that we have a case as well hmm. um, so yeah support is really really important to us um, we'd be very happy to receive any and i should point out when you say you're at rebecca rumble if anyone types in rumble as you might imagine it's spelled it's r-u-m-b-u-l it is i'm sorry not, yes, not, not quite let's get ready to rumble <laughs> <laughs> look um rebecca it's been lovely to speak to you today obviously a really interesting case um and one that we will keep an eye on i i wish you the best of luck in making sure that you do draw attention to this because it is obviously something that's affecting everybody, especially the more time that we spend online as a consequence of the pandemic. So uh, really interesting to chat to you today and good luck. Awesome. Thank you very much. When I was talking to Rebecca and I said, I just kind of click on cookies and I don't really care where my data is. I said that very genuinely, but what she said also resonated in terms of the fact that Whilst I don't, whilst I don't care that I'm giving my data to get access to various information online, it does bother me 
that then it's not all held in one place and it's auctioned off and you have no say who your data is being sold to and why. I know. And I don't actually think, I mean, the majority of people who work in technology and things like that, I think that they would understand what a cookie is. But I think a lot of people aren't aware of what they are, what they do, that your data is getting pushed off to whoever. Um, So it's a bit worrying, isn't it, when you think about it? Like, it's probably a bit like when you when you download something on Apple or whatever, and you've got the term, you know, you know, you get the updated terms of service or whatever, and you just click, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't really think about it, right? You don't read them. No way. We're way we're an impatient society. We just want to get on the web page. And cookies are probably held in a. It's probably thought of in a similar way by most people, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, I heard cookies and brownies a lot in that podcast, by the way, and it made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, mishearing browsers as brownies is, is an indication of, of where we're at in, in kind of the weather getting a bit colder and it being like, hmm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certainly cookies triggering that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and the brownies recipe, yeah, yeah. It's bad. It made me think of Bake Off as well, which was all about tray bakes last week. Anyway, that's going off on a random topic. Um, yeah. I feel slightly naive. I know of both Oracle and Salesforce. Hayley, our office is in the Salesforce Tower. So we'd be mad not to know much about Salesforce. I didn't really realize that it was as pernicious as 30 or 40% of the top 1,000 websites, that their business had stretched into that. I kind of thought cloud computing, and I thought of uh, uh, software as a service and platforms for sales tools, not advertising on 40% of of the top 1,000 websites. Yeah, I think that it, it's an eye-opener and it makes you think these big companies have got their fingers in many pies. And also, like when you think of Salesforce and you think of Oracle, you actually think trusted businesses. Yeah. And we need people like Rebecca basically keeping their eyes out for this sort of thing because otherwise this thing's going to be going on behind closed doors and it makes you think how many other businesses are doing similar things. Mm. Um, and she actually mentioned, didn't she, like it would be a ripple effect of – other companies maybe are thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And look, she, she mentions um, Richard Lloyd versus Google at the end of the podcast interview. And you're right. You know, I, I, I think of Salesforce and for some reason I think B2B company, therefore probably exploiting me less, mm. which is perhaps, perhaps really naive because I would think Google, Apple, yeah. Facebook – uh, absolutely Facebook, um, in particular as being those kind of big tech companies that I have to be a bit wary about. Yes, can provide lots of services that I use and I benefit from, but equally, what are they doing in the background and how concerned should we be? Um, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about the fact that we use Instagram. Obviously, a lot of the content that we produce through things like the, the podcast is pushed out through platforms that are owned by big tech companies. We use them, we benefit from them, but we worry about them at the same time. Salesforce, you don't you don't really have that same concern with. No, not at all. That's why this is quite, um, this is like juicy information, isn't it? Like, what, Oracle, Salesforce, breaching GDPR? What? How? Like, because I think people think tech company, how would they do that? So that's why as soon as I heard it, I was like, what, how are they doing it? How have they got potentially got my details or your details? Mm. I don't, other than work, we don't, we wouldn't use them outside of work, would you, on a non-tech basis? You wouldn't think you would anyway. No, no. And I suppose that's the other point, right? 40% 40 of those websites, meaning that I have obviously come into contact with Oracle and Salesforce. I don't think I've ever used either of them 
personally, Ever. but they must no. they must both have my data because ten years ago they made the decision to buy this technology. Yeah, mind blowing. You just never believed that, would you? But that's the thing. Like, how many businesses out there have got our data? Then, if we, and especially know- if it's being auctioned off without you knowing it, and I suppose that's the whole point behind the lawsuit. Yeah, I know. And like, she's so right as well. Like, when it comes to cookies, like. If I go on a website, if I decline the cookies, some websites, you can't even go onto it. So, like, mm. I mean, no one wants to do that. We want to go on the website. So why haven't we got the choice to just, like, not go, not share your information? Isn't that mad? Well, and as she says, it's it's designed to make you kind of do that, that rage click. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, fine, I'll accept them all. It's just too difficult. It's designed to say, sod it. I just want yeah. to get, as as you mentioned, the cookie recipe, not the cookie, the brownie recipe. You just want it, so sod it. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, you've already got hanger, so, or hunger, hangry. You're hangry because of hunger, so definitely <laughs> accepting the cookies. You know what I mean. <laughs> take my data, take it. <laughs> so I can get that tray bag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's it's the ripple effect, isn't it? Because bringing this lawsuit on behalf of everyone in the UK, £500 per person, it's neither here nor there really and mm. how you'd give that 500 pounds per person to everyone uh you know it, it, that it's it's not about that it's about the fact that this is setting a statement it's about the 100%. fact that this is the largest lawsuit of its kind it's testing gdpr 10 billion euros across the two suits this and, and, and the one in the netherlands would send a clear message that this is not okay um and and if it's not okay Hopefully, then you would see some changes either in regulation or in the way that cookies are presented to people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, just it, it is mind blowing. Like when I think about it, like I on a day to day, I click accept cookies. Maybe I mean I go on Safari quite a lot, maybe ten times. Mm. These data companies. So I don't understand this. So. Is it the data companies that are taking my data or is it the website and then they're selling it to data companies and then they're selling it to advertisement? So as I understand it, the technology is being bought by Oracle and Salesforce, which means they collect the data and then they can auction it off to anybody they, they, they want for the highest bidder. And, and I think this is a really interesting point as well. Not only is it is it frustrating from uh, a, a, a who has my data point of view, but also we've I've spoken on the podcast recently uh, over, over the lockdown about advertising and about you know, I'll buy a pair of trainers. I can't remember the exact episode, but it talks about the, the the specific fact that I bought a pair of trainers and then was was immediately bombarded with adverts for trainers. And it's like, I've just bought trainers. Well, I don't need more trainers. That's like dumb advertising. <laughs> what I would like is accessories to go with trainers. Maybe then I'd buy. And and because of yeah. the way in which data is being auctioned off, Re- Rebecca makes that link that they then just shove that thing that you've been looking at in front of you again, desperate for you to buy it. And it's it's leading to bad advertising. Yeah, lazy advertising. Yeah. That is so true. And, and you know, just hoovering up data and shoving it to, to the highest bidder and then back in front of you for something that you've already clicked on, it's just going to fuck people off, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's true. Like, sometimes I think, like, you know, is it... Because it, I think originally when I started getting all those adverts, I thought, is it my phone listening to me? Can it hear me saying, I want a Louis Vuitton bag? <laughs> But in a way, yeah, because you click on a cookie and then it's tracking what you're clicking on. So it knows. I mean, it's it's, it's listening in terms of your your clicks. So yes. No, exactly. But, and then I think, oh, do you know what? Do I really mind? Do I care? Because I'm clicking accept cookies every five minutes. 
But here's here's the key. As as two people who are maybe relatively naive, I don't care if that website has my data. Mm, I'm not too bothered. Is the either. default position. Mm. Do you care if, if actually that website doesn't have your data? It's Oracle or Salesforce or someone else, and they are selling it for their own financial gain to whoever else is willing to pay the highest amount for it, and therefore profiting off you being misinformed or ill-informed. We are the product when that is the case, is it? Yeah, I mean, we're not even the product. We're just unwitting participants in a bit of a scam. <laughs> we don't even know it's happening. But the majority of people don't, no. No, we don't, literally. Most people, I, I, honestly, I swear by it. I only knew <laughs> what a cookie was maybe like five years ago. Mm-hmm. What I was actually doing. I, I mean, I think it was, just, I used to think it was like, oh, better not come across silly here. Um, well, no, I think I think for the majority of people, like people in technology might be familiar, but I think that the vast majority of the population, like if I if I was speaking to my parents or my parents-in-law or friends and family, I don't think they'd know what it is. No, definitely not. They think it was a Maryland cookie. Well, yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> why Maryland? Anyway, no, uh, <laughs> fixating on the wrong things today. Yeah. Um, and look, I think she makes another really interesting point here as well around regulation. Regulation used to sit in silos. Regulation, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, you could separate out regulation because every, because things weren't integrated. Now, and as, it's, as it has been accelerated through the pandemic, technology has become ever more prevalent in our society. Um, there has been an explosion of um, generation um, Xs and baby boomers on social, online, through lockdown for obvious reasons. Um, and therefore, we need to beef up and integrate existing regulators so that they can keep up with acceleration and this trend of people moving online, you know, shopping, people people in their 50s and 60s doing their local, local grocery shop instead of going to Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, whatever, using a card and, and so on. Uh, and, and they are probably now clicking on cookies and they're more familiar with going online and they will not be familiar. So there needs to be beefed up powers and it needs to be more integrated and thought through because- to be perfectly frank, one person on their own isn't going to be able to make a change. No, definitely. And I think it's the more people that are aware that this is happening, I think the more people will get involved, won't they? But isn't mm. it just mad, though? This is going to be going on going on for three years. That is a lot of time and effort um, that Rebecca's putting into it. And hold my hands up to her. Well done. <laughs> Hope I wish her all the best. Absolutely. I think on that note, we will probably wrap up today. We're not going to have any news because this is obviously newsworthy in itself. It's a bit of a departure from our normal. Let's focus on a company and talk about their evolution. It's yeah. a piece of very topical stuff going on right now in, in tech. Um, Hayley, thanks for your time. Um, You're welcome. If you do book some, if you do, sorry, bake some cookies or some or some brownies, please feel free to share the, the, the types <laughs> of cookies that we like. Uh, and other than that, everyone have a lovely weekend. <laughs> See ya. I don't care. Come